Section One of Ontario Public School Geography. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marianne Spiegel. Ontario Public School Geography by the Ontario Department of Education. Section One: An Aeroplane Journey Over Canada. We are going to begin our study of geography with an imaginary journey across our own country. That is no small undertaking, for Canada is a very large country. In fact, it is one of the largest countries in the world. From your home in Ontario, you may travel eastward, or westward, or northward, for many hundreds of miles without leaving Canada. In the days of our great-grandfathers, we should have traveled by wagon or by horseback, or by boat. Now there are fast express trains. They speed across Canada, wide though it is, in less than six days. For our trip, we shall choose a mode of travel that is even faster than a fast express train. Many of you have seen an aeroplane, like the one shown in the picture. We have chosen the aeroplane for our trip because it is so fast, and because we can see much more of the country from high in the air. The trip across Canada by aeroplane has actually been made. In October 1920, two officers of the Canadian Air Force flew right across Canada, from Halifax, far to the east of Ontario, to Vancouver, even farther to the west. Think of flying for more than 3,300 miles over the forests and farms, the rivers and lakes, the cities and towns of Canada. What a wonderful trip they had! Imagine yourself in the harbor of Halifax. You are seated in a seaplane, that is, a kind of aeroplane adapted for starting from and landing on the water. Everything is ready for the start. The engine begins to roar, the propeller blades begin to whirl, and the plane glides forward over the surface of the water. Then it rises gently into the air and soars higher and higher as it gathers speed. The pilot heads toward the northwest, across Nova Scotia, and we are off. Behind us is the Atlantic Ocean. Far out on its green water, you can perhaps see a trail of smoke. This marks a steamer coming to port with a cargo of goods from overseas, or one leaving with a load of Canadian products for Great Britain. Perhaps you can see the white glint of a sail. It probably belongs to a fishing schooner. Out there beyond the sight of land are the finest fishing grounds in the world. Ahead of us is the narrow peninsula of Nova Scotia. A short flight takes us across it. At first the ground below us is rocky, rough, and wooded. As we approach the other side of the peninsula, it improves. There are many fine farms and splendid orchards in this part of the province. Leaving Nova Scotia behind, we sweep across the Bay of Fundy, and begin our flight over New Brunswick. It seems to be a province of trees. For mile after mile we see almost unbroken forest. Through the woods run many rivers, some of them of great size. Here and there on the river banks are little villages, each clustered about a sawmill. There are farms, too, and occasionally we see a town or a city. But we shall always remember New Brunswick as a forest province. At last we reach a very large river running between high cliffs of rock. This is the St. Lawrence, the greatest river of Canada. 
we have now left new brunswick and are in the province of quebec the st lawrence marks our course for us we follow the river noting as we fly the boats plying up and down it the st lawrence is the great waterway of canada it makes a broad highway for ships from the atlantic ocean deep into the heart of canada soon we reach the city of quebec with its citadel perched high upon a lofty bluff overlooking the river it is a busy city and we can see several large ocean steamers berthed at its docks beyond this city the banks of the river become lower they are lined with fine farms cosy hamlets and busy towns the traffic on the river is becoming greater for we are approaching montreal the largest city of canada as we fly over the city we notice huge factories with smoking chimneys big office buildings and large warehouses down at the waterfront are miles of docks and wharves we can easily count forty or fifty big steamers receiving or discharging cargo some of them will go down the st lawrence and out into the atlantic others will go up the river into the great lakes from montreal we continue our flight along the st lawrence and the shore of lake ontario we are now flying over our home province on our left lake ontario lies like a sheet of silver here and there is a dark smudge of smoke marking a steamer carrying passengers or goods up or down the lake to the right as far as we can see is field after field of green or yellow or brown there are dark green patches of woods scattered among the tilled fields there are many comfortable farmhouses often we sweep over quiet little villages at longer intervals are towns or cities where smoking chimneys show that busy workmen are making some of the many things which we need in our daily life toronto is our next stopping place it is a city almost as large as montreal and just as busy from toronto our pilot heads northwest across the lake peninsula of ontario how different southern ontario is from new brunswick in southern ontario nearly all the land is farmed and large towns and cities are found everywhere after reaching lake huron we settle down to a long and rather monotonous flight over lake huron and lake superior after hours and hours of flying over the water we reach the twin cities of port arthur and fort william at port arthur are large docks and many ships these are mostly grain carriers we can see them loading grain from huge buildings towering right up at the water's edge these buildings are called elevators in them is stored grain brought by rail from western canada fort william too has many such elevators it is interesting to see the grain pouring down the long spouts from the bins into the holds of the vessels leaving fort william we pass over the roughest country we have yet seen it is rocky hilly and covered with trees there are many rivers and streams and lakes both large and small for the first time in our journey we have reached the great northern forest which covers more than half of canada we could fly for hundreds of miles to the north for many hundreds of miles to the east or for as great a distance to the northwest and never leave this immense tract of forest in it we should see few signs of life yet life is there many animals make it their home and there are hunters and trappers who make their living by catching them 
along the southern edge of the forest are lumbermen busied in cutting down trees for timber or for pulpwood from which paper is made yet these men are so few compared with the endless miles of forest that in a flight of hundreds of miles we might not see a human being our course however is almost due west and it will soon take us out of the forest the trees become more scattered and at last we are flying over a flat treeless country it stretches to the south and west farther than i can reach this is the prairie our first glimpse of it tells us that we have passed from ontario into manitoba less than an hour's flight over this beautiful farmland brings us to winnipeg this is a large and busy city one of the largest that we shall see in our trip west of toronto and now for eight hundred miles and more we fly due west over great fields of grain and wide stretches of grassland in this part of our trip we scarcely see a tree the most conspicuous objects on the level ground are tall wooden buildings built at intervals along the railway lines these are elevators to which the farmers bring their grain when the threshing is over the grain cars are loaded at them and carry the grain away to the big elevators at port arthur and fort william we notice too that the farmhouses are more scattered on the prairie than in ontario at times we pass over large tracts of land which are not occupied at all there is plenty of land in the canadian west at last we reach calgary the largest city of alberta since leaving winnipeg we have crossed the provinces of manitoba saskatchewan and most of alberta we must now prepare ourselves for the most dangerous and thrilling flight of all even before reaching calgary we saw a wall of dark cloud-like forms far to the west these however were not clouds we were looking at the rocky mountains and as we approach them and see their peaks soaring high into the air we wonder how our pilot will ever be able to take us safely over them but we soon see that we do not have to go over the highest peaks we fly between them through passes in the mountains even so we have to climb higher and higher and at one time we pass through a bank of clouds and rise above them what a wonderful sight to see the clouds swirling below us while we fly in dazzling sunshine above them for four hundred miles we fly on over mountains over deep narrow valleys in which are foaming streams or quiet lakes or over rough hilly ground covered with dense forest here and there in the valleys are farms and towns and on the largest mountain lakes we see steamers sometimes we pass mines where men are busy cutting deep into the mountains in search of coal or gold or silver or lead this flight over british columbia ends when we reach the city of vancouver on the shores of the pacific ocean here again we see docks and wharves and many steamers bringing goods to canada and taking away others in exchange we have finished our trip across canada we have seen something of canada's forests and farms her cities and towns her rivers and lakes her mountains and mines her railways and ships yet we have seen only a little of southern canada beyond it to the north lie the immense agricultural forest and mineral areas on which the future of canada depends and which as yet are only partially developed still farther north is the great northern forest 
bordering on the cold desolate treeless land along the shores of the arctic ocean life in the arctic regions or in the northern forest is very different from that which we know in our comfortable homes in southern canada let us now see how the inhabitants of these parts of canada live End of section 1